Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our community. I am doing this intro audio only as I mainly do, but if you like to watch on Spotify, just know the episode will be on video. So stay tuned for that. But let's just dive right into what's in alignment and out of alignment this week because I'm starving out of my mind. (laughs) Here we go. So I would say what's in alignment for me this past week has been honestly my relationship because if I feel super out of alignment right now and I feel like the having that constant in your life and that stability and that sounding board and someone who's just like I get it is a breath of fresh air when you're going through it so yeah I don't know I just feel like to be honest he takes on most of like the housework because it comes more naturally to him he's a little more like OCD in that way he notices things more than I do and I am a little more scatterbrained because I am constantly working and my mind is like let me just like set the scene for you my mind is full-time job YouTube channel podcast random freelance projects fitness like my mind is just I feel like you know got to call my mom, got to do this, got to do that. Like there's just constantly, constant things going on in my brain that like reorganizing a pantry doesn't necessarily come front of mind. (laughs) So point being, sometimes that can be a little bit of a point of contention, even though I know I try my absolute hardest to be a partner and a teammate and I never leave him out to, you know, cook alone unless it's like once in a while, same with him, like really stressful day, you know, can you cook all clean, whatever. But for the most part, I really try to do my part. And I believe that I definitely do. But sometimes, like, I feel like because I've been so stressed out most recently, you would think that that would be a big point of contention. And it hasn't been because I think he really understands all the stress that I'm under. And I just feel, I don't know, I just feel understood. I'm still doing my part, but I just feel like he gets it right now. And you guys, I feel like I'm not making sense. I just worked out. I should be fully, you know, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. I feel like I'm not making sense to the point where I kind of want to redo this, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Okay. I think why I'm not making sense though will make more sense as we get into what's out of alignment. So let's just dive into that. I just took a sip of coffee for you guys, but what's out of alignment for me? What isn't? I mean, no, that's not fair. Honestly, I am so grateful that there's so much good in my life right now. Like this has been an amazing year looking back and I have a cool job. I got engaged. I ran a half marathon. Like I have amazing friends. I'm going to Florida the end of this week to relax. Like everything, everything's fine. But right now I just think, When my stress levels are high, it then affects my stomach. And those two things together, it's just like a recipe for me feeling like shit. And everything circumstantially could be great. But if my if I'm not feeling well in my gut, in my stress, and it's just it it's hard to see past that. Ethan and I are both like very routine oriented people. We like to feel good. So when we feel super thrown off, it's just we don't feel aligned. So that's why it's out of alignment. So (laughs) I say that because I think Ethan's going through it too, but he just had a surgery. So he has more of an excuse, I guess. But I think the combination of being really, really stressed out, like I've been, I'm stressed at work because we're taking off. So I have to have all the assets and videos ready for all the episodes that are going live while we're off over December break, which I will get done and it'll be fine. But obviously that's stressful because I need my full like nine hour day for that, which then takes away time out of the other things I need to do because I end work at seven and then I cook and then I clean and it's like, okay, maybe 30 minutes to an hour while I also try to relax and watch TV to do my own YouTube podcast work. It's just a lot. So I have been really stressed and I think the stress paired with drinking alcohol and eating not so well, all of that paired together, my stomach is all out of whack. And I think 
I get very more stressed out at the thought of potentially ruining my stomach or being set back and having SIBO come back, which then makes my stomach worse because I'm more stressed about that. So I I have heard recently that you should be switching up your probiotics every few months. So I've been on the same one for over a year, so or maybe two years. So I'm going to start seed soon when I run out of my current probiotic. I might do a little bit of a stomach reset that Parsley Health, my doctor, had told me, you know, when you have a flare-up, do this. But those powders and stuff kind of hurt my stomach more sometimes, and I haven't done it in a while. But I think it's necessary. I think I'm going to do a stomach reset. And unfortunately, like as much as I try to manage my stress right now, I think it's just something that I'm going to have to work through getting through the week. And then when I get to Florida, I can kind of like breathe and and relax. So unfortunately, I think like the stress is here to stay this week and that's okay. I accept it. But I think it's like hard because it's like, do I also do the stomach protocol or do I just understand that it's from stress and alcohol and just try to wait for next week. But I think I'm going to do the stomach protocol, see what happens. Pray for me. Pray that I'm not about to ruin my stomach. And hopefully next time I get on this mic, I will be like, I'm in Florida. Everything's nice. I'm all relaxed. So let's breathe in what's in alignment for us this week. Breathe out what's out of alignment this week. (sighs) Okay. And on a quick housekeeping note, I have to look at everything. I haven't decided if I want to just take off for Christmas and take one to two weeks off the holidays to prepare for the podcast getting back up in January. You can hear like I fully had coffee. I had my sleep. I went to work out this morning, but I don't feel maybe you can't hear it, but I just feel very like foggy. My my brain has just kind of been shutting down, to be honest, and it's kind of a scary place to be. So trying to just get through the week and think about maybe taking the next two weeks off of the podcast too and just prep for January but I wish I had an answer for you I can't decide so DM me if you have any strong opinions on that I will put on my Instagram stories which way I'm gonna go mentally prepare for me to take off because I feel like I should okay so we have Elizabeth on the podcast this week I'm so excited about this podcast episode she is the founder and CEO of absence of proof which is a boozeless take on a night out. She hosts all the events and a community based around people who are trying to be alcohol-free. And we talk about the distinction between alcohol-free and the sober community in this episode. So stay tuned for that. But a little disclaimer, if you are someone who's sober because you struggle with addiction, this might be triggering for you. You might not enjoy this episode because it's more for people who are just kind of thinking about Cutting out alcohol is something that doesn't serve them and how they can kind of navigate that change in their life. But you might love it. You might hate it. But I did just want to put that disclaimer out here. And we talk about the distinction in the beginning of the episode. If you're someone who's thinking about doing dry January or maybe dabbling in that just to test the waters of if you want to cut out alcohol for next year, then this is the perfect episode. Wanted to get it up before January because I feel like it's perfect for anyone who's thinking about it. And we dive into that dry January, kind of how to make this lifestyle change, how to talk about it with friends and family, how to start going out more without you know, feeling the need to use alcohol or substances, how to find a community, and all things alcohol-free and sober, curious lifestyle. So Elizabeth is so, so generous. She is giving us 15% off all upcoming events. So there is an absence of proof event schedule in New York City, but she also is present in Seattle, LA, and a few other cities around the U.S. So if she's in a city near you, you can use the code SELFCARE for 15% off all upcoming events. So you just go to the Absence of Proof site, the Instagram. She'll tell you all ways to navigate it in this episode. And you can test out the waters with an upcoming event with 15% off. Again, the code is SELFCARE. I actually did go to an event recently. It was breath work at a yoga studio in New York City, but it was at 10 p.m. at night. So it was like a heated breath work class. And then after the breath work class, there were all these options of mocktails and spirits. And we all were just having like a 10.30 p.m. little mocktail socializing session at the bar after doing breath work. So I personally loved it because it was an excuse to do something on a Friday night that was not fueled by alcohol, but still fun and also really wellness based. But they do also like the main focus on starting absence of proof for Elizabeth, as she'll talk about in the episode, is 
giving people the ability to still have a fun night out without alcohol. So not all of them are even wellness focused like that. A lot of them are like fully a bar scene, a bar vibe just without alcohol. So Take a look at all the upcoming events, see what you're interested in, and use the 15% off. I do just want to say, like, I just got up to have a sip of water, and I'm feeling very dizzy, and I'm, like, 100% certain that it's based on stress and running around and trying to, you know, get the podcast intro up, get into work, do this, do that, you know, edit this vlog, and I just, I want to be open about it because I never want to promote burnout. If you are feeling symptoms of like, oh, I'm getting really dizzy or I'm really tired or anything like that, like it could be from your stress hormones being out of whack. And I absolutely know that it is. That's a whole nother episode of I just never understood what it meant to listen to your body until I went off birth control and did all these things that make me just fully 100% more aware of my body. And I feel like shit and I know it's from stress. So we can get through this last week of work together, guys, if you're also a full-time girly. I think I just decided that I'm going to take off for break the next few weeks of the podcast, and I'll be back at the start of the new year because I need to dish out the advice, take the advice that I give out, and I think we all really need it. If you relate, slide into my DMs because I am feeling like absolute shit and can't do this anymore. So we need to reset for the new year. Take your break, guys. Please relax, reset, reflect, and I'm going to do the same. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I want to hear all about being sober curious. So I had gotten a DM recently from someone who listens to the podcast and she was like I have been I just like found you recently binging all of the episodes I'm searching all over for one about being sober curious and I can't find one like if you haven't had an episode about it yet can you please and I was like I know just <laughs> the person I'm bringing on yeah. and also I really do like take every single request and seek out the best people but Elizabeth is the perfect person to have on so thank you for coming on of course it's an honor I'm a big fan of yours so I'm oh excited God, to be here stop okay my first question I'm gonna lead with like the stupid question nothing stupid yeah let's do it what if people are listening what is sober curious because I think there's a difference between like sobriety and sober living and then being sober curious and totally. I feel like it's in the name but lay it out for us you know it's it's so funny you bring that up because I there's not a Webster's dictionary de definition like it really is such a personal definition which I think it gets complicated when you're trying to figure out like what am I like what am I interested in when it comes to my drinking and my relationship with alcohol so sober curious was actually a term coined by Ruby Warrington she's brilliant she's an author and she wrote a book about being sober curious which in her words was basically being mindful or intentional about your relationship with alcohol so questioning your relationship with alcohol not just drinking because everyone's doing it because it's what you think you should be doing but really being being like thinking critical about do I want this in my life and if so at what capacity so sober curiosity to me is not about being completely sober I think the word sober implies a few things one recovery which is not always true for people um, I think that you know for better or worse there is this connotation with the word sober that you are um, someone this is my experience when I say that I'm sober like someone you need to tiptoe around or not invite places or things like that it can kind of like put you in another box or another group and I think sober curious kind of opens that up to being like look I just want to be intentional with my drinking like I'm not different from anyone else this is just something that I'm working on or or being more critical about than I was previously I actually like that there's a distinction because for me personally my sister is an addict and needs to be sober doesn't exactly. want to be sober there's a difference I feel yes she would say, I don't want to have to do this. Yeah. she. It's an amazing plus for her in her life now. And there's obviously so many benefits that come with it. But the initial desire usually stems from a need where I feel like people who are super curious, it stems from maybe a desire or a, they want to make a health change in their life or something like that. So I think the distinction is important because it's sort of become like this trend and I think people who need to be sober and have an addiction issue or the disease of addiction almost envy or also can't actually relate to people who are sober curious because it's so, although people might put them in a similar box like you're saying, 
actually they couldn't be more different because one group is like I want to be healthy and make better choices and the other group is like I would really rather just be able to drink and not have a problem Mm -hmm. so it's interesting you might get thrown into the same box from that word but they're actually entirely different buckets totally and I love that you bring that up because when I first stopped drinking I identified as sober because I felt like the definition of sober was you just don't drink alcohol um but it, it is it is but there is this nuance to it and I felt like it was almost disrespectful to people who needed to be sober for me being on Instagram like I'm sober and they're like it's not like this light thing or a trend or a trend exactly and so that's something that I have learned throughout this whole journey of my of my business is like I now say I'm alcohol free because I don't I don't I'm not in recovery and I want to be respectful of those who are um, so I do think that language is very important around this. Okay, I love that. I didn't know that that's why I use the language alcohol-free, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love that so much. Yeah. And I'm curious, most of the people that then come to your community and your events are more so aligned with, like, Sober Curious, I assume, or do you get a mix of both? You know, we do get a mix. Um, we're very careful, though, because – so our events, um, there is alcohol-free spirits, right. which taste like alcohol. If you're in recovery – might not be great to taste the, the taste of alcohol. You might have had really negative experiences with alcohol. It might be triggering, you know, all these things. So we're very careful when we advertise our events to be like, look, this is supposed to simulate a bar. This is supposed to look and feel and have the energy of a bar. If that's triggering, this might not be the best fit for you. Um, and so I would say probably like 90% of our customers drink a little bit of alcohol in their regular lives or are like me and are just like, I don't need this anymore. But, um, and, you know, we do get folks that are or have been in recovery and do identify as sober that come. Um, we're always just very careful and being like, please, let, please know what you're getting into. Totally. OK, so I'm glad we kind of covered that in the beginning of the episode, because yeah. I do think that's an important distinction. I think if anyone's listening and does have an issue with alcohol or does struggle with addiction, I think that disclaimer in the beginning and that respectful distinction is important. So yeah. I'm glad that we covered that. And now moving forward, it's like. Let's talk about all things sober, curious yeah. lifestyle. Love it. So I would love to hear your story, starting yeah. from what was your relationship with alcohol or drugs before all of this kind of happened, or before you discovered and explored a sober, curious lifestyle and an alcohol-free lifestyle, and then how did we get here? Yeah, amazing. Well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I was definitely a rebellious teenager. Like I was a partier. I was a raver. I did a lot of substances and out and uh, consumed a lot of alcohol and weed and all of that that I shouldn't have done at such a young age. Um, and it really affected my mental health. Like I was just putting poison in my body con- consistently from when I was, you know, 15, 14 years old to 18 when I actually went sober for the first time. And then I used sober intentionally because that was a point where I felt like it was a recovery place in my life. So I was about 18. I was looking at my life outcomes and they were just not what I wanted them to be. It was directly consequences of my actions. Like it was like, oh, uh, you spent the last four years partying and not studying. You're not getting into college. Like, oh, you spent the last four years partying and associating with people that don't have your best interests at heart. You don't have good friends. Like it was just this moment of looking at my life and being like, I know that I can do better. And I didn't know how to do better. Like I was just like, at that, at that point, I still didn't really identify that the drugs and the alcohol were the problem, but I knew that they weren't helping. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try for one year. You can do anything for 365 days. Let's try to remove it and see what happens. Wow. And you were able to just. I was. Which is, again, disclaimer for anyone going through that. That is not the path that is for everyone. But I just had had enough. And, you know, I didn't have a chemical dependency. So I will also say that there was no withdrawal for me. Yeah. And my life, unsurprisingly, completely transformed. And it was a very painful year because I lost a lot of friends. Uh, A lot of people didn't want to hang out anymore. You know, all those things. You're in college. It's like the worst time to stop drinking because everyone is that's when people are starting. But I felt like I got that phase over with when I was a teenager. Got it out of your Um, system. Yeah, I was like, this actually doesn't really interest me anymore. But I did start to, for the first time in my life, learn about myself and like my true core and what I wanted to bring to the world. Um, And so I actually started paying attention in school, studying, like I got into the school that I wanted to go to for for college, um, got my yoga teacher certification, um, things that are very important in my life now came from that period. And when that year was over, I was like, it's just not logical to reincorporate something that clearly was so destructive in my life. So I was completely sober for two more years after that. So basically all through college. Then when I graduated, I had gotten my first job, um, which was like my dream job. I was working at Amazon. I'm from Seattle, so that's like the peak of like, yeah. you know, what people want to do. And so then I was in my early 20s and I was like, 
everything that I envisioned about my early 20s had involved alcohol. Like that felt like, you know, you're, you're a big girl, you have money now, like let's go out and party. And so I reincorporated alcohol in what I felt like was moderation. Um, and then I think it wasn't until I moved to New York where I was like, this isn't really moderation. Like it's now more socially acceptable because you're not 16 and, you know, messed up. You're now 22 and it feels like that's okay. Um, but it was still having the negative consequences of the anxiety, the you know, being irrational toward my boyfriend, like just things like that, that I didn't really want. Um, and so two years ago now, I was like, again, I know what can happen if I remove alcohol. So that was a choice I made and haven't looked back since. So you never dabble. Mm -mm. You're kind of an all or nothing kind of girl. Yeah. You know, I think that, again, since I don't really think that I have an addiction to alcohol, like if I had a drink today, I could go back to being alcohol free tomorrow. It's mostly just like the pros and cons of the sober curious intentionality of like why yeah you know what is that what's what's the net benefit and if there's not a net benefit do I need to do it okay so I want to kind of talk about the in-between of you realized it wasn't you know helping you in any way you realized that it was kind of toxic to your life I want a clean slate and then you said okay and then everything got better but there was that in-between where you're like I lost a lot of friends and I'm sure in between that choice and everything getting better in your life there must have been like a hard transition period yeah so I would love to dive into that if anyone is kind of like I'm turning my life around and I realize everyone around me is like my relationship with a lot of these people does actually revolve around substances or I don't know how to tell my family without them thinking that like they need to send me to rehab and like these little nuanced things that you might think oh if I don't have a problem and I just want to cut out alcohol that sounds like it would be easy but it sounds like there was probably kind of a hard transition so what would what did that look like yeah you know it's interesting because yeah you assume that it's like oh you're gonna have withdrawal or it's gonna be this this physical thing but it was way more a social consequence than anything else um because for so long I had identified and really you know it's kind of embarrassing to say but all I cared about was being perceived as quote-unquote cool that was all I cared about and so I also associated with people that only cared about looking cool or being cool and when I all of a sudden was like I don't want to drink anymore and drinking and drugs and partying was such a uh, integral part of the definition of cool in that social group that I was in it was no longer I was like I was no longer cool and so those people who really cared about being cool no longer wanted to hang out um, and I also think that when you make a decision whether it's alcohol or anything else um, it forces people that you're close with to look at their own relationship with whatever the question was and so you know there's one person in particular who I have a lot of love for but when I stopped drinking she was basically like you can't have fun without drinking so you're no longer fun like those were words that I heard translated to me wow. which is hurtful if someone you care about you know you want to think that your relationship is deeper than that um, and so that was the hardest part of like I no longer could rely on these outside people to validate me or make me feel like I was cool. I had to give that to myself, um, which, you know, was a very lonely time, but it was also like a huge time of growth. 100%. Yeah. I also think when it comes to those relationships, do you ever feel kind of this, did you ever feel this kind of need to like overcompensate and show how fun you are without substances or did you just like remove yourself? Yeah, totally. I mean, I would. it's so funny because I would still go to the same places. Like, I would still go to the same frat parties or same house parties or whatever. And what's interesting about being sober in those situations when you hadn't previously is, like, you're really seeing what's happening. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, wait, that's actually not cool. Like, that's crazy. That's really not a good look for anyone involved. Um, and so I think that that was what, you know, kept me going was I was like, oh, my God, that was me. Like, I was that girl that was making a complete fool of herself. And you just don't know because you're drunk and you're, like, thinking that you're this, the hottest shit thing that, that ever existed. And you're just not. So it's, like... <laughs> I actually looked sloppy You're, like, that was not great for me. Uh, I hope all of the videos are erased. Like, it's just... Yeah. And the anxiety just wasn't worth it. Like, I feel like every day that I remained alcohol-free, I was, like, proving to myself why that was a good decision. Okay. So the momentum continued to build. Totally. So what... I assume people come to you now in your DMs at events and are at that phase of their life where they're like, I'm trying to make this transition. I'm curious about it. Like, tell me more. What do you, I, I mean, I asked you this before we started recording, like, what do people mostly ask you? And it sounds like a lot of it is around these relationships. So what is your advice when someone says, how do I tell my friends? How do I tell my family without freaking them out? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think family and friends are 
at least in my experience experience very different because your family like you're stuck with right so like you know if your family is um has a negative reaction in my opinion that would be a lot more painful and hard i'm very lucky to say that my parents were just like really happy i was not partying anymore because they knew what was going on i'm sure that's incredibly scary as a parent to know your daughter's in those situations um and so they were just like thrilled but yeah for friends i think all i'll say is that it's gonna it's gonna point out who are your friends and who aren't your friends and i think that at the end of the day that's like a huge gift um like most of my friends now drink and party and you know do all of that but they have no issue with my own choices and i think do lead with curiosity of like hey i'm thinking about doing dry january like any tips you know like take a genuine interest in this this is great timing this episode oh i know yes it does no it's it's going into like our super bowl you guys (laughs) take advantage of january if you're curious start start planting the seed with your friends yes and i feel like too like finding people to do it with you i think way more people are in uh, like do want to be more intentional with a relationship with alcohol but it is like i don't want to do it on my own I don't want the social pressure whatever dry January is a great excuse honestly if you're if you are sober curious because everyone's doing it it's very easy to do dry January versus like a random month right also do you have any tips for if people are doing dry January whatever they're doing and they're still going out with their friends they're like I still like I have a friend who similarly didn't have like a chemical dependency on it but she's been sober for years because she's just like it was not serving me yeah but she can go out longer than any of us like loves to dance whatever so anyhow if if someone is kind of entering that phase of their life and still wants to go out with their friends but doesn't want to feel like they're overcompensating what are your tips for like that first time you're going out where you're like wow I can't imagine going out and not drinking but I don't want to yeah what are kind of what's your advice there yeah I would say buddy system like if you have a friend even for the night being like hey like let's go running tomorrow morning or like some, you know, some sort of thing that would motivate you to get up early and you don't want to be hungover for. And then that with that friend be like, Hey, let's do this together. Like, are you down to not drink tonight? Um, chances are at least one of your friends is going to say yes for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I think when you have someone that's doing it with you, it's much easier. Um, one strategy that I do is before I go anywhere, I make a list of like all of the places that have good non-alcoholic options so that you don't feel like you're the one with water. That's like always the thing. That was a huge motivation for me starting my company is like you shouldn't have to feel like you're not part of the fun. Like there's a ritual of cheersing and having a great cocktail that is fun with or without alcohol. And we're lucky to live in a time that a lot of great bars have non-alcoholic options where you're not feeling left out. Um, so go to those places you know have your fancy drink and have a great time i love that do you have wrecks of new york city places oh, girl with... let me tell you <laughs> and we're gonna do a separate tiktok like diving deeper but like off the top of your head anything that comes to mind that like i love this place they have the best mocktails ever yeah i mean shameless plug we do a lot of menus in the city now <laughs> so i will say um that. gotham restaurant we did all of their non-alcoholic cocktails um and they they only had a couple before and now they have amazing selection um we're doing georgia room so that's like more of a club so we're doing their non-alcoholic menus for dry january so would come see us there um dante we don't have any affiliation with them but i'm just obsessed with their options they have so many great cocktails so yeah even just like a quick google search we make tiktoks about it we'll make a tiktok about it yes yes so are you guys only in new york city no we're nine cities oh wow Mm -hmm. okay so then let's really talk about this because yeah Okay, Elizabeth's the founder of Absence of Proof, if we didn't mention that yet. And I want to kind of get into this because, as we just mentioned, buddy system, accountability, whatever, finding a community of like-minded people in any space, even like I just took up running this year and finding a community of people who also just took on running. Like, I have all these new friends now that get it. So it's not just a sober curious thing, but Absence of Proof is an amazing community for, because I feel like it kind of bridges the gap, as we were talking about earlier, where it's like, I don't feel the need to go to AA and that doesn't feel like an aligned community for me, but it's like that or hanging out with my friends who drink. Right. And I feel like absence of proof is a perfect in-between for people who just don't, don't really want to drink, but like you said, still want to be a part of the fun. So can you explain what it is? What are the nine cities? How can people get involved? Because I'm sure people listening to this episode who don't know about it, like their ears are perking up yeah. if they're this far into the episode <laughs> and curious. So guess, tell yeah. us all about it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So it really started when I went alcohol free again and I was living in New York and it was a stark contrast of I felt like there was truly nothing to do if you weren't drinking in New York unless you were going to the same places. Um, and so I wanted a space that was, you know, there was no alcohol, but there was fancy drinks. There was DJs. It was, you know, you could dress up, take photos, have the, all the benefits of a night out just without the alcohol. So we started throwing parties in New York and then I kept getting DMs being like, please come to my city. Like, I really want to have something like this. 
we're like, well, I guess like if they want it, we should do it. Um, so we started expanding. We went to Los Angeles first. I used to live there. So I have a lot of, a great community out there. That was a great fit because LA is already ahead of the wellness trend, which was so funny because we got there and they were like, yeah, mocktails have been here. <laughs> like, it was like, <laughs> they were it was like, like we not know. novel. <laughs> like New York and people are like, wait, there's no alcohol. And LA were like, there's alcohol. Like it's so different. That's so <laughs> like that tracks so much because yeah. I, I do want to get into how New York is like all drinking. Oh, it's very specific. Yeah. yeah. And so, which is so funny because New York is by far our biggest and strongest community. I think that's because we started here. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so funny to hear the reactions in various cities. And so then I'm from Seattle, so we launched in Seattle. Seattle is like very pro anything new and different. I feel like Seattle embraces. Um, we are in uh, Connecticut. We've done a few cities there: um, Chicago, Nashville, Austin, wow. Detroit. Yeah, so we we try to do at least monthly events in every city. Do you just have like representatives in each city? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we have an amazing team. Um, and yeah, and I try to get to as many events as possible, um, just to make sure that it's like consistent. Um, it's fun. It's it's a great job. I have my wow. dream job. I'm I feel very lucky. Yeah. You have your dream job. Yeah. Okay, school. so you quit your full time job to do this, right? I did. Yeah. Was did you quit before you started it, or once it started picking up and realizing it was profitable and not just like. Yeah. A side hobby like me starting a run club. <laughs> also, I want to come because I just started Please. running training for my first time. Okay, marathon. we kind of stopped because it's freezing out, but we still yeah. like all talk in the group chat and we're like... Ma- That's what matters, the community. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think, I think I'm gonna pinpoint a day because you know the weather is weird here. It's so cold. I'm yeah. gonna pinpoint a day where it's weirdly 50 degrees coming up soon and do like even just like a mental health walk or something with the group. Yeah. But we're not runners enough where like anyone really wants to still go in 30 degrees. No, so, yeah, valid. So yeah. we got to pause. <laughs> but point being, I'm sure that's how it kind of started for you. It was like totally. that. And then all of a sudden you realized it was a profitable profitable business so how did that kind of come together yeah so started nights and weekends um so basically started by throwing parties um, in coffee shops in the evening in new york because if anyone else throws events in new york you know it's obscenely expensive to have a venue one coffee shop was like yeah it'll be 15 grand for the night and i was like wait mm. what yeah. i'm gonna say 1500 oh no 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 15 grand <gasps> for one night what coffee like what I don't like a, no not the name but like oh. a big coffee shop or like a um yeah i mean beautiful space okay like you know and i also am like oh i feel like I'm very pro everyone getting their bag so like charge me what you want to charge me but like it was uh it was shocking because I was like I'm just trying to throw a mocktail party like I don't have the kind of money you know this is it wasn't a business at that point I didn't really care about making money I was honestly losing money because I wanted it to be as fun of a party as possible Cobra Coffee actually shout out I really owe my entire business to them actually oh no way because I was I kept getting these crazy quotes from people and I like posted on my Instagram story I was like hey I want to throw a party like does anyone have any intros to venues I'm like someone's got to know an owner of somewhere in New York and so they introed me to Jacob, who um, is one of the owners of Cobra Coffee. And we got coffee and I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't have any money. <laughs> and I like assumed for him to just kind of like pause there and be like, look, this might not be a fit. And he was like, this is a great concept. Like, let's do it. See how it goes. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Because there's a strong mission. It's almost it's yeah. n- like you could take it as like nonprofit community work. Like if you wanted to. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah, no. And that's the thing is I, I do feel like. And what's so funny is Jacob is n- not sober at all. Like, he owns bars. Like, um, But he was just like, yeah, I want to support you. Like, wow. uh, you know, I see that this is a thing you're really passionate about. And so he let me use the space, and we were just going to split whatever money we made. Wow. Turned out to make a good amount of money, and we're like, let's keep this going. So we extended it into a residency where I was there every Friday. That was awesome. That was really what kicked everything off. And then uh, from there, we started testing out new venues. We did speakeasies, bars, clubs, all of that. And it really just got to the point where I was like, there was so much demand that if I really wanted to actually form the community that I had in my head, I had to quit my job. And if I wanted to expand to other cities, make it a real business, we now have e-com, B2B, like all of these other aspects of our business that I never could have scaled if I was still at Amazon. Um, so I did nights and weekends for seven months until I hit the revenue that I needed to quit. So it was a lot. Wow. Um, it was brutal, brutal times. Was Coburg making the drinks, like making the mocktails with their own supplies and no, like so we, how did it work? Yeah, so we have brand partnerships. Okay. So with non-alcoholic brands. So just the space. Just the space. And, and a bartender? And their bartenders. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which are now so funny because they're all my bartenders still. Oh like I have God. the same people from the very beginning and will always have them because I trust them like beyond everything. So That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really cool because I feel like New York, when I first moved here, I felt like everything was going to be very corporate, very like 
I don't know, disconnected and the, like truly family that I feel like I've built with this with my company is like so special to me. So then, yeah, quit, which was a crazy hard decision. Uh, one, because corporate money is nice, is like necessary for New York. Um, but also just like, you know, it's betting on yourself and it's a very scary thing to do. So it sounds like how it's profitable is you're selling tickets, obviously, to mm-hmm. all these events. And then the brand sponsors are coming in, I'm assuming, free for exposure Exactly. Yeah. So they're like, you know, basically our our pitch essentially is like, hey, you have an awesome non-alcoholic product. Let's put that product in front of your this community yeah. who, you know, by the definition of them coming to this event is interested in non-alcoholic products. Um, so it's really a win-win for everyone. And we worked with the same brands for, you know, a year and a half now and still have great relationships. And I'm just, yeah, it's awesome. And you're paying all of like all the representatives that are in each of the cities mm-hmm. are getting paid by you? Of course. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Like this is a f- full-on profitable Big girl business. business with such a strong mission and community it's amazing thank you but speaking of bartenders yeah. you have to tell us about watch what happens live oh my gosh how did that happen <laughs> so um i do you have a pr agency i do not have a pr oh agency my God. yeah um you know, it, it was one of those like truly, you know, if you believe in manifestation or whatever moments, yeah. because one of my best friends, so I'm not a Bravo person. I'm like a Bachelor Nation person. I'm both. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and so like I knew who Andy Cohen was, but like I was not like a stan the, the same way that like a lot of people are. But when I first started Absence of Proof, um, I was making TikToks on how to make mocktails and I was sending them to one of my best friends from home. She's like a huge Bravo fan. And she was like, I could really see you doing this on Watch What Happens Live. This was like the first week that I started. And then a year later, literally got a a random email and was like, hey, we've we've seen your content. We love what you're doing. You're lying. No. Like from Bravo? From the agency. From uh, Kavita. So Kavita is an amazing uh, kombucha brand. They're awesome. And they had had the opportunity and they were like, we've seen you. Like, would you would you want to make cocktails with our product on Watch What Happens Live? And I was like, okay, so the brand was in talks with Watch What Happens Live and they needed a bartender and they were following you probably. Yeah, they were like, love the mission. Like we want we don't want it to be alcohol. We want it to be like healthy. Their whole thing is, you know, a healthy gut. And that was when all of the. the the drama on Bravo was happening and so it was like trust your gut so So it was just so perfect and was such an amazing experience I feel so lucky to be included it was awesome I like need you to go back I know I I was like how do I get a residency on this yeah that would be cool like once a year it's like (laughs) the sober curious bartender (laughs) like I absolutely loved it was it a fun experience so crazy cool because I've actually been because like backstage because I used to be in like celebrity PR so I used to bring clients there and it's a really fun like there's literally a bar backstage where people are like grabbing drinks before bringing it on stage like it's a really fun experience it's as fun as it looks oh totally and it's a really small studio so it's like very intimate Andy's amazing like so good at his job so yeah it was a blast and yeah okay I love it yeah okay I have questions for you cool for the ending segment okay fun facts and favorites oh my (laughs) (laughs) let me get them where did they go uh while I look any last words of wisdom for anyone who's entering their sober curious phase of life we already spoke about telling your friends using dry January so going into the new year if their goal is drink less even if it's literally just drink less Mm -hmm. any last words of wisdom or advice for just this new lifestyle transition yeah you know I think that when I first stopped drinking I felt like it was I was losing something I was taking something out I was missing out you know it was this kind of like negative connotation around it and then what I realized when I actually stopped drinking was you're actually gaining so much time like not only are you getting the time from the going out or like staying out till 4 a.m you're getting all the time from the next day that you spent you know not your best self anxious hungover whatever it may be um and so think about something that you've always wanted to do start a podcast youtube you know whatever your dream is that's kind of been in the back of your head i feel like we all have these things that like we've been thinking about for years and just have never acted on like use that time and be like okay instead of being hungover for four hours on sunday i'm gonna take the first step to try to do this thing and then that's instead of having a negative connotation you're like wow look at this gift of like all of this time that i have back reframing it and reframing head. exactly it's and that's all, the reality too yeah it's all mindset yeah okay also do you still do youtube 
Um, no, I don't. But I have a long history with YouTube. I, know. I was a vegan YouTuber like way back in the day. And I'm not vegan anymore. So I had to delete them because I was like, this is very hypocritical. Yeah, which I feel like is every vegan YouTuber story. I know. And I was like, thank God I didn't blow up because yeah. they, get, they get destroyed. They get destroyed. Like, literally, like, and I get destroyed too. But like, yeah. Do um, you? Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're present online too. So I'm sure you're, you're. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But you have a. a more of a like niche so i feel like maybe you're you get more yeah because a lot of people are right yeah in other words <laughs> yeah. i'm like how do i word this yeah no no people are very very angry about which is so interesting what people like who's angry is it I mean, aa people it's or is like it... uh you know user 924s well right duh. <laughs> yeah. but like what's their stance like um, what are they upset about yeah i think that there's a couple of things one i think that people by you being public about not drinking people assume that you're you think you're better than them that's a big thing so people get very totally. like you're on your high horse which we try really not to be um i think the other thing is you know not being sensitive about sober versus sober curious which is which is such a valid point of feedback so that kind of thing i'm like actually very grateful for like you know one thing was like people want to know if it tastes like alcohol versus doesn't taste like alcohol please tell me those things because we're making a better more inclusive environment you don't really need to tell me that like I'm a stupid bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like right. <laughs> there's different ways to communicate. Totally. <laughs> um, which doesn't phase me as much anymore. But uh but yeah, anyway, YouTube no longer, but I should I, I want to do a YouTube channel, but as you know, YouTube is like a whole nother level it's of work and production yeah. and and growth. The growth rate is lot much slower than a lot of other platforms. Um but there's something special and like, you know, nostalgic for me about YouTube for sure. Okay, I completely agree with all of that. I'm like, yeah. it's a long game, it's a whole production. Yeah, but that's 10K, why I love though. it. Thank Proud you. Of you. Thank you. That's a big deal on YouTube. Like Thank big, you. big deal. And it took five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know. Um, okay. Ending segment, because yeah. I could just like keep chatting with you. I love it. Top self care tip. Okay, so I've been ice plunging every morning. Every morning? Yeah. Where? I'll send it to you. Um, there's a lot of places that are popping up in the city. Remedy Ice Cold Club? Uh, so, yes, I love Lauren, by the way. <laughs> Shout out Ice Cold Club. It's I'm going there this weekend for oh my the gosh. first time. Okay, tell her to say hi. She's We're doing, like, a YouTube video where, like, I tried cold plunging one of those. We, I love that. She's brilliant. She's a perfect person to try it for with the first time because mm-hmm. she's just, like, so calming and great. Um, but, yeah, so there's a lot of studios in the city. Remedy Place is, like, a big one. Been They're there. opening in Soho. Um, but, yeah, cold plunging has been, be- besides removing alcohol, the single most important impactful life choice I've made in the past two years I mean it is wild like your endorphins your immune system every single your the brown fat in your body like your metabolism everything improves okay I have so many questions now (laughs) usually I just like skip to the next one but one are you going to a place every single morning I am yes yes so different ones or you have a membership I have a membership okay um yeah so um it's awesome so you're just like popping on over every single morning yeah, so it's just been so impactful. It's, like, the best way to start my day. Okay, like the so best you know how there's, like, so many wellness trends where it's, like, I can't really tell if this is working, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're actually doing this because I've done it, like, once in a while, yeah. which feels good in the moment, but it's not helping me long term to do it once every other month. Yeah. But you're doing this every single day, so you're yeah. the perfect person to ask, what are the actual tangible benefits that you're feeling from yes before slash after implementing this every day one my immune system like really? i was getting sick so often i i am not great at stress management and okay. so my stress was like always really high um but when you put hot cold so basically you go sauna cold sauna cold sauna cold and when you put yourself in those contrasts your body is basically getting tougher like you're putting yourself through adversity so your body and immune system gets stronger so you're doing both every morning yes you're doing conversion therapy yes okay. for an hour yeah an um, hour yeah yeah, it's um, it's but it's such a ritual and so amazing, and yeah. you meet the coolest people because you're in the sauna with everyone. It's just it's so special. Um, I love that. Yeah, and then also anxiety levels. Like when you're in an ice bath, like you're not thinking about anything about how cold you are. You know, like it completely resets your entire nervous system, um, and that's been really impactful for me because I really struggle with anxiety, and so being able to just go reset, um, it's also the hardest thing you're gonna do all day. So getting that over with at seven a.m. is awesome. Like anything could happen. Like someone, you know, I could get in a horrible client call or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, well, I was in freezing cold water this morning. So like. I can do this. Fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> also like the sauna part's relaxing. So you could still yeah. get excited to go because exactly. it is still a relaxing experience. Totally. My skin is better. Like everything in my life wow. has improved since I started this practice. Truly. Okay. I'm influenced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite? Are you a reader or a podcast listener? I'm a reader. Okay. What's your favorite book? Oh gosh. Um, that's such a great question what 
I'm just trying to think about the books that I have read recently. Um, the one that's coming to mind is How to Change Your Mind, which is like so funny because it's about psilocybin and like the antidepressants and we're talking about sobriety. But um, I think that there are so many alternative medicines that we're not incorporating into people with severe depression. And I'm super passionate about like, you know, um, the funding, like funding going toward that research um, for things that can really help people without significant like intervention for suicidal people. Wow. It's like a whole mental health thing. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. very, very curious about that. Yeah. I Perfect. would recommend How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. I he, know him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything he does, I'm like so interested in. So. Like I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. Are there any organizations that you know that are working towards that funding? So um, I did a partnership with the New York Mets last summer, which was amazing. And um, like baseball team? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> totally off topic. But anyway, um, the the owners have a foundation okay. and they are really passionate about funding that research. Oh, and I, I that. had the opportunity to talk to them about that and was just so inspired. Um, and yeah, I just think they're doing great work. I'm sure there's a ton of other people, but yeah. um, really an admiration of them. I didn't know that. My dad is like diehard, diehard, diehard Mets fan. Yeah, so me too now. I'm I mean, they changed my life. Like, they're so cool. Yeah. It's so funny. Okay, favorite way to move? Um, Well, I've been running now, so I'm training for a marathon. So, which Wait, was, what? Yeah, so I saw that <laughs> it was like such a cliche thing. Like, this I is was, like <laughs> rapid fire in every single question. I'm like, wait, tell me more. We're just going to be best friends. It's fine. <laughs> but no, like I um, – I was uptown when everyone was finishing the marathon and it was so cheesy because it was like no families and like emotions and I was like best day of my life yeah just spectating I was like there's no reason I can't do this right like I was like I I feel like I so I teach yoga and like I was running to Pilates and I feel like generally pretty physically active but running is something that's always been something I can't like I physically can't do yes and I just don't like knowing that there's things that I can't do so I was like I'm gonna learn to do this um so the next day I went to like fleet feet or whatever and I was like hey I'm gonna run a marathon and they were like mm, do you run and I was like no <laughs> so they like measured my foot like all of that stuff apparently my tennis shoes had been dead for like four years Wait. they were like you can't be walking on these shoes hold on yeah did you sign up for a marathon yeah so I signed up for two so I, I'm registered for the New York next year and then How? I'm doing Big Sur um did you do nine plus one no I did um how are you uh, already registered toys for, uh, something for kids Already? Um, yeah, I you can sign it doesn't up. open yet. No, it's open. I'll send it to you if you want. Oh, is it? You have to raise 3000 Okay, maybe I'm just waiting to see if I get into lottery, and I didn't realize that was already open. Yeah. I think the other charities aren't open yet, but the kids one is. Kids, exactly. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm low-key considering. I, w- I registered because I'm forcing myself to do it. Well, right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, I'm going to be like... I just have this thing where if I'm going to do it, I kind of want to run with a charity that I'm passionate about of course yeah yeah so I'm like not that I'm not passionate about the kids (laughs) but like I'm not yeah no (laughs) No, I really would love to run for like release recovery or one of the like uh substance abuse yeah where they well they're the best team ever too where they have like scholarships to um help people get treatment and go to rehab that can't afford it so that's really what I want to do but I'm obviously going to try the lottery too yeah but my sister has, like, friends in the recovery space, so I'm like, can you get me in somehow? Yeah. But I'm terrified, so I think hopefully I'll get in somehow. These charities are kind of hard to get into. I'm really close with the release team, so if you want to intro- Okay, I have a lot you. of now connections at the release team, so Perfect. hopefully I can get in there. Yes, they're the best. Um, okay, amazing. So yeah. I might be training with you. Um, please do, yes, yeah. So um, I don't think that opens yet, though. Like, I don't no, think... No, I don't... And I don't... I wouldn't worry about it. Like, you I can... I think it's lottery, and then... After the lottery results come out, then the charity spots open up. Something yeah, like that. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, I think I want to run with release. Let's run, yeah. Oh my god, are we running a marathon? How many <laughs> miles have you ran so far? I've gotten up to nine so far. Okay, so you're basically right now training for like a half. Yes. But nine is. I mean, I was done because so. ten was like the last of my half marathon training. Like I, okay. I had never run more, and then I did thirteen point one at the half, and yeah. I have not gone past that. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it, but it's so. Cold, so cold that I'm like I'm only running on days where it's relatively nice out right now I'm not I'm just trying to maintain right now totally so I don't I lose like the ability to run yeah no and yeah it's it's tough and I've been like treadmill but it's just not the Mm-mm. same it's horrible I, won't do it. I literally ran on a treadmill for two miles and I was like I feel like I just ran 10 like, you I'm know I did so... it once and I was like I'm not yeah. doing it yeah so okay we'll talk more about this yeah. uh lastly wellness product you can't live without right now Ooh. Wellness product I can't live without. 
Um, well, it's funny because I'm not wearing it, but my Whoop, I'm loving. Okay. And then actually, I just got a blood glucose monitor through Levels. Okay. Um, that has been really interesting because basically it's like um, measuring your blood glucose at all times. And Seeing uh, what spikes your, yeah. Yes, it's the most surprising things ever. Really? Like, you would not think, I thought I ate relatively healthy. Mm-mm. No, my body internally was like, you got to stop. Like, uh, the randomest things, rice. Like, I thought rice was healthy. Like, I was like, the blue zones eat rice. No. Like, as soon as I ate rice, spikes. The blue zones eat rice. <laughs> like, I, like, it's just like. Well, and it could still be healthy for some people. But what's interesting about those monitors is everyone's body is different. Yes. So, like, that's the thing with, like, I don't do this, but intermittent fasting. It's mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to not eat what spikes your blood sugar, but everyone's different. So, yes. it's like, you kind of need that to do it right. Totally. And just, like, the not. Yeah. I think just having, like, the insight into what's actually going on in your body is very fascinating. Very interesting. Which, and I'm going to add one more here. Yeah. What is your personal favorite spirits, like, an alcohol-free cocktail? Not, like, at a restaurant, but, like, mm-hmm. the brands? So, non-alcoholic spirits, um, Ritual Zero Proof is a classic. They have non-alcoholic gin, tequila, rum, and whiskey. So, wow. I feel like if you're new to the space and you're like, I love my you know, daiquiris, you can make the exact same drink. It'll taste very similar. Like old-fashioned. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, curious, if you want something just like easy that you can have in your fridge and pour, Curious Elixirs, they're Brooklyn-based. Shout out. They're awesome. They use really good ingredients, and they have eight different cocktails that are pre-made. Negroni Spagliato, Pineapple Painkiller, wow. all this stuff. You can just pour it, and it's like ready to go. Um, Mingle Mocktails, same thing. I work a lot with them. Um, but if you want to get creative, like there's bitters, like non-alcoholic bitters. I was just going to say, yeah. my favorite that I've tried at like events is the bitters. Mm-hmm. I guess that I love an old-fashioned, so that makes sense. Yeah. It's like similar vibe, but also they're great on your digestive system. Yes. So – yeah honestly and and then there's just endless brands like i feel like the longer i'm in this space every single day i get an email from a new brand like we wanted you to try our product yeah um and it's really cool because it's a very passion driven space like the founders that you meet are not just in it for the money they're like i'm trying to change the world which is just a really fun way to work yeah you should do i don't know if you already do and i missed it but like taste tests just like when people's i'm sure these brands send you products like just taste tests yeah totally i should i know i've been off my social media game i'm like no i mean you're running a business it's so hard (laughs) you definitely haven't been it's so important though yeah it's such an integral part of your business yeah Yeah. okay shout out your page absence of proof where they can find everything find your events all of it yeah so absence of proof instagram is like where we do most of our stuff there's an email list as well so we send out monthly newsletters um and then if you search absence approved underscore like insert city here, that's where you'll find the community events in your city. So like absence approved Seattle, we post all of our Seattle stuff so that it's more like hyper focused. So yeah. Amazing. Follow, follow okay. there. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this is a blast. Thank you for having me.